0: And uh, we will uh, take a look in scripture just for a few moments. And uh, I had some more singing to do, but uh, anyhow, uh, I felt like we need to get going or I wasn't going to have time. And uh, anyhow, uh, I believe the Lord would have something for us this morning. And uh, I'm on to be in Joshua. We're gonna look at uh, several parts of Joshua. We'll start, uh, I'll probably start in the first chapter of Joshua. We will end up in the sermon and the outline from chapter number three and chapter number four. Uh, but uh, just to get us some background, uh, we'll go back to uh, Joshua chapter number one. And uh, let's read there, if you will, Joshua chapter number one. And uh, Miss Carrie, she's getting up there. Y'all, we'll wait on her just for a few moments so we can have the screens. But Joshua, the book of Joshua, if you understand uh, the book of Joshua, then you know that this is where the children of Israel enter into the promised land of Canaan. Uh, It was always designed for them to be there. This was God's will. Is everybody with me? Uh, Canaan is not heaven. And a lot of people in typology and song in typology, uh, we we, uh, typify uh, Canaan as heaven, but it's not. Uh, Canaan is nothing more than the perfect will of God. It's the designed will of God for his children. All right, Canaan was a place that God gave to the children of Israel. It was a promise that he made way back in scripture. You can go all the way back uh, uh, into Genesis, a promise that was made to Abraham for this land. This land was theirs, all right? This was the will of God. The will of God for the children of Israel was for them to live in Canaan and to serve and worship him While they were there. Is everybody with me now? In typology, Canaan is the will of God for our life. All right? And I need everybody to hear me right here. God has a Canaan for your life as well. All right? Uh, There is a lot of folks. Well, let me say this. There's very few folks that are living in their Canaan. All right? And I'm talking about preachers, I'm talking about all. There's very few. Why, preacher? Because that is the perfect will of God. Now you can be in the will of God and you can be, listen to me, I'm gonna, I, I hope I don't mess you up right here. You can be in the permissive will of God and yet not in the perfect will of God, all right? And what that simply means is this, God allows you to be where you are, <laughs> but that is not where he wants you to be. That's not his perfect will for your life. So you can still be in the will of God, just not in the perfect will because God permits you. To live where you are. Is everybody all right? But our design and what God wants for us is for us to be in Canaan. For us to live, to worship, to serve him in Canaan or in the perfect will of God for our life. He starts us off in the book of Joshua in chapter number one and verse number one. And we'll get a little bit of background as we go through it. But look at the very first part of it, the very first verse. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over This Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, All the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, mm, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people, Shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them? Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Once again, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever. Thou goest. Now, when we look at this passage of scripture, we understand that in context, God is speaking now to Joshua. And he is telling Joshua, if I could get this, this is how the Lord gave it to me. It ain't over yet. It ain't over yet. What Moses began and what I began with Moses has not yet been accomplished. Although Moses is dead, Moses was my servant. He served me. He did as he was instructed, but yet he was not allowed to take the children of Israel into Canaan land. Now he comes to Joshua and he says, It's not over. In other words, God's saying this I still have a will for my people, and that's for them to live in the perfect, in my perfect will in Canaan. Is everybody with me? 2022 has passed. Somebody say, thank God. Hallelujah. But 2023 is upon us, and God still ain't finished. I know that ain't good English, but you're in the South now, and we don't even like English. Is everybody all right? It it is, God is not finished yet. God still has a work to do in your life. God still has a work to do in my life. Things have changed. Uh, Moses here in scripture, in our context, things had changed. Moses was no longer leading the charge. Moses was no longer going before the children of Israel and instructing them. Now it was upon Joshua. Now God directs his attention to Joshua who by the way his name means Yahweh saves. Now he is coming. Joshua is On the scene, and Joshua, their captain, is leading them into the perfect will of God. Thank God, September 28, 1997, my Joshua my Jesus, I need somebody to help me, he came to where I was at and he began to captain me. He began to lead me into his perfect will. I will say this, I have made some pit stops along the way. I have made some detours along the way. I have found myself veering to the left and veering to the right along the way. But God's design is for me to live in his perfect will. And God's design for you is for you to live in his perfect will. We go into 2023, having never yet tread upon this territory. I called this sermon crossing into new territory. I don't know what 2023 is going to bring. We got into 2020 and I thought everything was going to be all right. And then we was upside down. I'm not real sure what happened in 2020. I'm not real sure what's going to happen in 2023, but what I do know is the same God that was in 2019, the same God that was leading the children of Israel thousands of years ago will go before you and I and lead us into new territory if we allow it. But there's some preparations that we've got to make. In chapter number two of Joshua, if you know your Bible, you know that in chapter number two, Joshua sent out some spies to Jericho, and we meet Rahab, and Rahab is a picture of grace. Oh, my goodness. Rahab is called the harlot. She carries that title all the way through the Bible. But if you look in Rahab's life, we see the grace of God on a Gentile woman, and that grace goes far beyond just God's saving her in Jericho we go into the book of Matthew the book of Luke and we can find I think it's in the book of Matthew chapter number one uh, somewhere around verse number five I believe it is I ain't real sure about that don't quote me on this but I believe that's where it was at where God shows us that that harlot Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus Christ The grace of God to the Gentiles shown all the way back in Joshua chapter number 2 when God saved, when Joshua saved this little woman Rahab, uh, the harlot the Bible calls her. But in chapter number 3, they've already gone in chapter number 2 and they have spied out Jericho because Jericho is the first city that they will come to crossing into new territory. They come and they, they, they do a reconnaissance mission, if you will, and they go over and they see what it is going to take, how they are going to have to defeat Jericho. They come back and they say, man, we can do this, all right. But in chapter number three and chapter number four, God has to prepare the people. See, they've not yet crossed over Jordan. That barrier, if you will, that obstacle, if you will, that keeps them from this new territory. So God, in chapter number 3 and in chapter number 4, prepares them for new territory. And in chapter number 3, the Bible tells us in verse number 1, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim, and come to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it. About 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. In other words, you ain't been this way before. You're going to have to pay attention. Is everybody with me? We got to make some preparations. We got to do some things. The Bible says in verse number 5, we'll get to our first point here. The Bible says one of the first preparations that we have to make in verse number 5, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. In other words, God has something in store in your future. But for you to have all of the benefits of it, you're going to have to first sanctify yourself. Is everybody all right? Most people are sitting in here thinking, good Lord, man, this is going to be one of them sermons on, I got to get all my sin right. And I got to, let me say this. If I have to tell y'all that, I've not done a good job preaching all these Sundays. All right. You know, is everybody all right? You ought to get right with God every day you wake up. You ought to get right with God at eight o'clock in the morning. After that commute to work, y'all need Jesus. I need somebody to help me. At 9 o'clock, that first break at work, when you done had to deal with that co-worker, you need to get right with God. At 10 o'clock, when the boss comes around, and I need somebody to help me. All right, are you getting the picture? You better stay right with God all day long, all right, because I know y'all. But this word right here, sanctify, and this thought here is this, to separate ourselves from those things That would hold us back. We're to sanctify. To sanctify yourself means to separate. To come apart. From those things that would hold us back. Separate yourself from common or worldly things those things that that, that the world does, those things that the world participates in, if you are going to go where you've never been before, and if you are going to cross into new territory, then you have to make preparations because I need somebody to help me. We need Jesus with us every step of the way. And so the Bible tells us we must sanctify ourselves. We must come apart, separate ourselves from the things of the world, from common things. How do we do that, preacher? We got to check our wardrobe. Preacher, you don't even wear a tie and you're going to talk about somebody's wardrobe. Preacher, you let people stand up on the platform. Women stand up on the platform with pants on. Is everybody, y'all hear me? Man, I remember I grew up in a church you couldn't wear it. Man, a woman did not wear pants. Bless God. If she wore pants, she was. I'm talking about it was like, is everybody all right? It was like Rahab. Can't believe this woman will wear pants. You're not to wear things that pertain to a man. Is everybody all right? I need somebody to hear me. If you're a man and you're wearing women's pants, You just as much in the wrong as <laughs> that. Is everybody all right? I don't know about y'all, but them pants ain't made for me. Is everybody all right? I've seen a lot of youth pastors wearing them. Dalton don't wear no skinny jeans because I'd have beaten the mess out of him. Is that all right? I'd have put that shock collar on him that I was talking about in Sunday school. <laughs> but sanctify, what are you talking about? Check your wardrobe, preacher. I ain't talking about checking your clothes that you're wearing. I'm talking about putting on the armor of God. I'm talking about going over to Ephesians chapter number six. Don't you step out into new territory unless you're ready. Don't you step out into new territory until you are dressed properly. Because if you go out into new territory and you're not ready, listen to me, the devil will eat you up. He is looking for somebody to devour. And if you and I don't put on the whole armor of God, we will not be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritualness and our spiritual wickedness in high places. So the Bible tells us to stand, having our loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith we shall be able to stand. The Bible says we got to take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. We need to check our wardrobe. Listen to me. If we go into 2023 and all we're worried about is our brand new dresses and our brand new pants and everything else, we're going to come out looking like, y'all remember them cartoons where they get in a bomb and they come out and they shredded pants everywhere? Y'all remember that? Arm yourself. Put on the whole armor of God. Not only do we need to check our wardrobe, we need to check our weapons. The Bible says taking the sword. Uh, uh, the Bible says here taking the sword of the Spirit, but I, I, I'm reminded, I believe it's in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. I, I'll get there. Is everybody all right? Let me see here. This might be it. It's not it. But it was close. The Bible says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This is our weapons. In other words, this is what Paul's saying here. We don't fight this battle with worldly weapons. With a worldly mindset. If I'm going to conquer new territory, if I'm going to cross over into new territory, I'm going to have to check my wardrobe, I'm going to have to check my weapon, but I'm also going to have to check my worship. I'm going to have to check my worship. What do you mean by that, preacher? What is it that you and I have put above him? I gotta check. I, I gotta check my wardrobe. I've gotta check my weapons. But I gotta check what I'm worshiping, because there's a lot of people going through life worshiping ourselves. I say that and include myself. I, I, I believe it's in scripture. It said in one part of scripture, they've held nothing back from themselves. We know. Come on now, help me, y'all. Don't get all spiritual on me. We get real selfish. We begin to worship ourselves more than the Creator, and then we begin to tell Him how we're going to do things. I got to move on. I ain't got time for all this. Everybody, all right? You got to check your worship you got to sanctify your flesh. If I'm going to cross into new territory, if I'm going to conquer new territory this year, I'm going to have to sanctify my flesh. I'm going to have to separate myself from common or worldly things. I'm going to have to separate to obedience and responsibility. I explained this in Sunday school, and I, I, I'm not going to go over it now because I'm wanting to get towards the end of this thing. But I serve God through obedience. I need somebody to hear me right here. I told my Sunday school class this morning, we, 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 all, all these new preachers, all these preachers on TV and on the Internet and everything else telling everybody that if you love Jesus, you'll serve him. If you're not serving him, it don't matter how much you love him. I need somebody to hear me right here. I have a responsibility to serve him. Paul said it like this. I am a debtor. Jesus shows us in the Garden of Gethsemane that even when he don't want to do it, Father, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Obedience. Jesus teaches us obedience. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number five that he learned obedience through his suffering. Listen, I serve God. I love Him, but I serve God out of obligation. I don't like that preacher. I don't. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to do that. Boy, remember when you remember when you called on God to save you? Remember when you called on God and said, "Forgive me, my sin." Remember when you go to Him in prayer and you confess your sin, He cleanses you from your sin. He cleanses y'all. Remember, for all, He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. Remember all the benefits that God gives to you. Paul said it like this in Romans chapter number twelve: You and I are to present ourselves a like living sacrifice. Bible goes on to tell us this, which is our reasonable service. In other words, for all that God has done for you and I, it's just reasonable that you and I serve and obey him. All right. Is everybody all right? Y'all mad at me now? Hold on. I'm still going. All right. Sanctify your flesh. Crossing into new. If I'm going to conquer new territory, I got to sanctify my flesh. I got to set some things apart. Number two, I got to set my focus. We go back into what I've already read in verse number three and verse number four. The Bible tells us that they were to look for God's presence. Say, preacher, I don't don't see where it says that. It says the Ark of the Covenant. And in typology in your Bible, the Ark of the Covenant is where God met with Israel. It is in typology the presence of God. So, if I'm going to conquer new territory, I'm not only going to have to sanctify the flesh, but number two, I'm going to have to set my focus. I'm going to have to look forward and not backwards. The Bible says that they were to look for the Ark of the Covenant. Verse number three, the Bible says, and and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and listen, go after it. Not before it. Not before it. After it. I am to follow. In other words, I am to look forward and not backwards. I'm not pursuing if I'm looking this away. If it's ahead of me and I'm coming after it, then if I turn away, I'm not pursuing it. Is everybody with me? I must continue to look forward. I need somebody to hear me right here. There's some things that didn't go your way in the past, and there's some things that you wish you could do over again, but you can't dwell on that. You must now, if you're going to cross over into new territory, and if you're going to conquer new territory, you're going to have to look forward and keep your eyes on him. I'm going to have to set my focus. I'm going to have to look forward and not backward. I'm going to have to pursue and not be pursued. I oh, mean, I need somebody. Y'all better help me this morning because this is where the average person is. We're so selfish. We want somebody to pursue after us. Preacher, you didn't call me. You didn't call me, sucker. Is everybody all right? I need somebody to help me. I, 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 let's just be fair about things. Oh, well, I'm not a preacher. I shouldn't have to call you. Well, if you're a decent human being, you ought to. But you need Jesus just like I need Jesus, and you and I need forgiveness. Everybody all right? Here's what I'm saying. We like to be pursued. We want somebody to coddle us. We want somebody to do this and take care of, call us this and do this, pat us on the back, tell us we're doing a good job for getting up and going to church. I need somebody to help me. How many of your parents? Your kids wake up every morning and walk up to you and say, I sure am glad you fed me yesterday. <laughs> you did such a good job, Dad. Thank you for providing. Is everybody alright? Thank you for doing. Is everybody? But tomorrow, I'm still gonna feed my youngin'. You know why? Is this my responsibility? Some of y'all want a pat on the back. I, I, I come to church Sunday. Well, bless your heart. <laughs> I come to church on Wednesday, preacher. Well, bless your heart. Preacher, I, I... Listen, we want to be Pursued. We want to be pursued, and what that does is it causes a problem in God's, when 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 we're constantly running away from where God wants us to be. Oh, it's a great testimony. Oh, I got out of the will of God, and God came looking for me. But the testimony should be, I kept my eyes on the Lord, and I kept pursuing Him. I've had some setbacks and I've had some failures, but I'm still got my eyes on him and I'm still pursuing after him. Got to sanctify our flesh. We're going to cross into new territory. We're going to conquer new territory. We got to set our focus. Number three, we must step out in faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. Stay with me. The Bible tells us in verse number 14 of chapter number 3, and it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon a heap very far from the city, Adam, that is beside Zaretan, and those that came down toward the Sea of the Plain, even the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho, and the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. See, if we're going to conquer new ground, we're going to have to do things we ain't never done before. Here, are these priests—they're bearing the Ark of the Covenant, and their instructions was to go before the people over into the new land, over into new territory. And as they come up, the Bible says that the River Jordan was—it was during harvest time, and it was flooded. I need somebody to hear me right here. But the priest took a step of faith into the water, and the Bible says that the waters ceased. There's a lot of things you and I miss out on because we're not willing to take a step. There's a lot of things that we missed out on on 2022 because we were not willing to take that step. We come to a situation that seemed like it was impossible. We come to a a river that seemed like it was uncrossable. And we looked at it and said, can God? And we stepped back and said, God, you're going to have to do it before I do. Don't lie. Y'all made some deals with Jesus last year. Now, God, I'm going to serve you, but you're going to have to do this. God, I'm going to follow you, but you're going to have to do this. Instead of stepping out in faith and trusting what God said he would do. What God had promised. They had the promise of this new territory. But it required some people of faith to step out. And stop the waters. Now God did all the work. I need somebody. Y'all, why y'all looking at me all strangely? Like? God did the work. But let me ask you this. You think them waters would have stopped had they not stepped? And there's a lot of people that are missing out on what God has for them because they come to the brink, to the brim of the obstacle and refused to step in. The moment, immediately, the moment they stepped in in faith, the Bible says they were on dry ground. I don't know what y'all know about a river. And I really don't know what y'all know about a flooded river. I really don't know what y'all know about the Jordan River. But I can tell you this, it's nasty. The Bible says once again, just as it did with the Red Sea, when they stepped out, they stood on dry ground. Step in faith. I need somebody. I need somebody to hear this statement Blaze the trail for those that are coming behind you. Oh, and. Mm, There's a mom and dad that need to step out in faith. So them little youngins that are following you and say, if he did it for mama and daddy, he'll do it for me. If, if If he parted the Jordan River for mama and daddy, he'll do it for me. We wonder why our kids running away from church. Why are our kids leaving church? When was the last time your kids seen you step out on faith? When was the last time your kids seen you trust God instead of your ability and just said, God, I surrender. I ain't got it figured out. I don't know how you're going to stop this river. I don't know how you're going to keep me from this obstacle. But God, I'm trusting you. And Lord, if you want, if this is where you, is everybody all right? I remember in 2007, me and my family stepped out in faith, left a six-figure income to take $12 an hour, go to Bible college full-time at night so I could do what God called me to do. A wife and three youngins. Everybody all right? One youngin that required medicine, $900 a month. Parents saying, have you lost your mind? How are you going to take care of your family? God told me, oh, is everybody all right? And here's what all three of them kids was doing. Mm. mama taking a job for $100 a week, dad working for $12 an hour, 401k gone. But God said, go. And so we went. Say, "Whoo! I made it. I don't ever have to step out on faith again. Ring, ring. Hello? Yes, this is the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Lake Park, Georgia. We'd like for you to come candidate for the church. December 2011. My kids. But dad, all of our friends. Dad, our school... Dad, all I know is this is what God told me to do. I, is everybody all right? Before you go to thinking it was about money, I didn't even know when I was going to get paid when I accepted this job. And let me go ahead and tell you all this. It was less than what I was making as a youth pastor. Once again, God showed him, said, oh man, I, I ain't got time for this. Is everybody with me? Somebody needs to step out in faith in 2023. Quit making deals with God. This is, God, I'll do this if you'll do that. No, how about this? God, you said, you said, God, I, I I ain't got nothing more that I can trust in your word. And there ain't nothing in life more true than your word. So if you say you will, God, I'm just gonna believe you will. Right. Blaze the trail. Trust His promises. Lastly, and I'm done. Dalton's coming to that piano, and he's getting ready. Sanctify your flesh. Set your focus. We're conquering new territory. We're crossing over into new territory, 2023. We're conquering. We're going to conquer it. We're going to have to sanctify our flesh. We're going to have to set ourselves apart for God. We're going to have to set our focus. We're going to have to pursue God. We're going to have to look forward, not backwards. We're going to have to step in faith. We're going to have to blaze a trail and trust the process. Trust God. And then lastly, salute the Father. Stay with me. So in chapter number four, chapter number four, it says, and it came to pass when all the people were clean, passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua saying, (laughs) you're not done yet. You ain't done yet. Take you 12 men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them saying, take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, 12 stones. He says, I want you to get 12 men together, one from each tribe. And as they pass through the River Jordan, I want them to pick up stones from that riverbed. Where they were walking over on dry ground, I need a daddy, I need a grandpa to bend over and pick up a stone out of the middle of that riverbed. I need to take that stone. Listen, it says, and you shall carry them over with you. Don't leave it there. You grab a hold of that stone in the middle of that river. In the middle of that riverbed. You grab that stone and you carry it on over with you. And then you leave it in a lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had prepared of the children of Israel out of every tribe of man. And Joshua said unto them, Pass over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of Jordan and take ye up every man of you a stone upon his shoulder according unto the number of the tribes of the children of Israel. And this, that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean ye by these stones? Then ye shall answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it passed over Jordan, the waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. And the children of Israel did so as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones out of the midst of Jordan as the Lord spake unto Joshua according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest which bare the Ark of the Covenant stood and they are there unto this day. we got to sanctify the flesh. Set our focus. Step out in faith. But salute the Father. That's what God said. I want you Joshua to command the people. Twelve men Choose you out, one from each tribe. As they go across Jordan, I want them to bend over and I want them to pick up something to remind them of what I did. Stay with me. For the purpose of when your children say, What mean these stones? You'll be able to say, That's when God walked us across. The Jordan River. Stay with me. Stay with me because this is the invitation. If I'm going to conquer new territory, I'm going to have to sanctify myself. Dad. I'm glad everybody got to hear it, but I I really am. I'm I'm really after the men this morning. Our, Our world is going in the wrong direction. And you can blame whatever you want to, but I believe it's because we don't have strong spiritual leadership in the home. We got a mama doing everything she can, coming to church every time she can and everything else. And we got a daddy acting like he's too cool to be hooked up with Jesus. Just give me the ticket. I need somebody. Don't get all quiet on me now. I need somebody. I just give me the ticket to heaven. Don't you put nothing else on me. I got to go and make a living. Not realizing that it's God who's allowing you to make that living. If you get that job in the place of God and you start worshiping that job over God, then God will take that job from you and get you right back where you need to be. I need somebody to hear me. We need some men at Calvary Baptist Church this morning during the invitation. Before you get away from church and get to, get, before you can leave church and put it all behind you, forget about it. Before you can go telling everybody about how I went to church this morning, and everything was good. I went to church on the first day of the year. I went to church. What did you do with it? What did you do with it? You went to church, remember when I read back there, he told them that they were to do everything according to that law, and he said not to veer to the left and not to veer to the right, but they were to do all according to that law, all according to that book. You remember that? They were to, he told Joshua, he said it was to be in your mouth, and you were to meditate on it. In other words, don't just come to church and walk out. Check your little box and say, I got it done. I'm glad y'all are here on the first day. And you may not believe this, but I am glad you're here. <laughs> now let's do something with it. This is, where, this is where dads come in. Say, my husband ain't here. That's all right. You, this, is where, this is where mama can step up and be a leader too. I want you, this is the invitation. I want you to bring your family down here. I want you to bring your family and dads. Hey, listen here, say, preacher, we ain't crossed no, we ain't cross no River Jordan. I beg to differ. God got you through 2022. <laughs> God has done some things in your life, and He's done some things in your family's life. And dads, somebody needs to bring a wife, bring their kids, come down to the altar, pick up a stone, and say, this is what God has done. He'll continue to do. He'll continue to do. God ain't finished yet. There's new territory to go to. There's new new territory to be conquered. God's done it this far. He'll do it. He'll do it right on. He's not finished yet. We'll go into new territory with, with different people. But God's not through yet. Because God's design was to bring us into new territory. His design was to bring us into His perfect will. Dad, while you pray, and I want you to tell your youngins, one thing, pick one thing that God has done this year for you and your family. Look at your wife and say, this is what God did. Look at your kid and say, this is what God did. And He's going to do it again. Remind them. Remind them. It ain't over yet. God's not done. God wants to do a work. Sing, Dalton.
1: All to the table. There's nothing he ain't seen before. For all your sin, all your sorrow and sadness, there's a savior. sorrow and sadness, there's a savior, and he comes, bring it home.
0: continues to play this morning. Just bow your heads with me. We'll be done in just a moment. Thank you for responding. Daddies, thank you. I'm proud of you. It ain't going to be easy. The Bible says a just man falleth seven times and rises up. What's that mean? That means that there's going to be some failures, there's going to be some stumbling, going to be some falling, but a just man, one that wants to do right, one that wants to finish well, one that wants to conquer new territory, going to get up, going to keep going. Head's bowed and eyes closed. My first point was sanctifying yourself, setting yourself apart. To do that, we must belong to Him. You're one of two families this morning. Jesus, John chapter number 8, verse number 44. He told the Pharisees and the lost that their father was Satan. He lied to them. He was a father of lies. I see stuff posted all the time saying that I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, we're all God's family. We're not. We're all created by God. That's true. That doesn't mean we're all in God's family. So this morning... I want to ask you this. What kind of relationship do you have with the Father? If that relationship is any way, any other way than through Jesus. Then this morning, we need to get this thing nailed down. And you can do that just like I did, September 28, 1997. You get this thing nailed down.